Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number 49, Curiosity. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. When you're riding the sleep struggle bus, it can be hard to muster any attitude beyond frustration and exhaustion. In this week's episode, I'll explore an alternative approach to insomnia with an attitude of curiosity. If you've ever found yourself laying awake in bed, either at your hoped-for bedtime or at some random time in the middle of the night, you appreciate all too well how that feels. You expect, rightfully so, that at your desired time, when your head hits the pillow, sleep should just appear easily, without a struggle or a second thought. And yet, there you are, staring at the ceiling, tossing and turning, huffing and puffing because it turns out for you, at least some of the time, sleep is not just appearing, at least not without a battle first. It's easy to accept the invitation to the why me pity party and fester and the discouragement. This is especially true when it seems that everyone you know especially any bed partners or others in the house who seem to be able to slip into a snoozy coma at the drop of a hat while you're left counting sheep, multiplying or even performing logarithmic calculations with sheep, to no avail. So it's all too easy to feel resentful, envious of their ease to sleep, irritated, frustrated, or even ashamed of your lack of ease. And there's no better time to feel so fed up about your sleep than when you are right smack in the middle of yet another test of your patience, stuck in bed, wanting to sleep, but feeling unable to execute. We've tackled this issue before, most head-on in episode 20, what to do when you've had a bad night. I clearly favor a preventative strategy. If you've got sleep-friendly systems in place that are habitual, that are just part of your lifestyle, then bad nights are a lot less likely to occur in the first place. And even if they do, they tend to appear as a one-off fluke, freak accident, rather than the beginning of a spiral into doom. The basic components of this insomnia immunity start with timing. The issue of timing has come up repeatedly as we discuss the body's circadian clock, such as in episodes 11, 13, 22, and 23. Having a consistent start to your day helps to lock in the body's circadian rhythm, keeps the clock running on time so it knows when to expect the next wake period, and importantly, when to expect the next sleep period. Appropriate timing of Zeitgebers keeps this all in line. Recall this term Zeitgeber comes from the German, which means literally, 
time giver. There are several zeitgebers that give our body clocks the correct time, including movement and digestion, but the strongest is light. That's why we've discussed light so extensively before, including in episodes 4, 5, and 12. Correct timing of light, especially at wake-up time in the morning, does wonders for sleep, as elaborated on in episode 5. But exposure to this sight-gaber at the wrong time, meaning too close to the desired sleep time, and sleep havoc ensues, as discussed in episodes 4 and 12 in more detail. Consistent timing helps maintain your body rhythm, its sleep and wake cycles. The other component of your insomnia immunity is sleep drive, or sleep pressure, also sometimes referred to as process S. Sleep drive is basically the progressively building tension the longer you've been consecutively awake for. The longer the wake, the stronger the sleep. But too interrupted, either overnight or with napping or snoozing on the couch in the evenings, and that tension, that pressure to drive the body into solid, strong, high-quality sleep, that sleep drive has been diminished, so it is a lot less effective. You can inoculate yourself against bad nights by maintaining consistent timing and long stretches of consecutive wakefulness that helps to effectively reduce the number of bad nights. But what if you've been following all the rules and you still find yourself experiencing that rare bad night? Isn't this reason enough to feel upset and frustrated? Well, sure, you'd be justified in feeling that way. But is it helpful? Is that serving you? Is getting upset about not sleeping helping you to solve that problem and actually sleep? Or is it doing the opposite? So if you find yourself struggling to sleep at the beginning, middle, or end of your intended sleep period, whether you've been vaccinated with good timing and sleep drive or not, an alternative approach is one of curiosity. Approaching your undesired wakefulness with friendly curiosity is much less likely to reinforce more insomnia. Think of how you'd approach a close friend or family member going through the same thing. Do you think they'd have an easier time getting back to sleep if you approached them with a friendly, curious, wondered attitude? Or an angry, frustrated, ashamed, why aren't you sleeping interrogation? Don't you deserve the same degree of respect and compassion? Here's what this may look like. Lying down with eyes closed, let's do an exercise in curiosity. Something to implement when you're in the midst of being unable to sleep. The attitude of curiosity is key. We're trying to withhold judgment. This is more about investigation, exploring questions, rather than assuming what the answers are and whether they are good or bad. Try to take a third-party perspective, like uh, Socrates, Columbo, or Sherlock Holmes, arriving at the scene with no horse in the race, just a curious itch to scratch. First, settle in. Take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Feel the air rushing past your nostrils and down into your belly. Sometimes it can be helpful to place one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly and feel for the rise of your hand as the fresh air pushes your belly upward. Feel where your body makes contact with the bed. Feel the weight of your head sink into your pillow. Feel where your shoulders rest against the bed. Feel where your rear end pushes against the mattress. Feel your heels cave out a little spot for themselves at the foot of the bed. 
lie on the bed, and know that you are lying on the bed. Now having grounded yourself with a little embodiment, where do you feel yourself being awake? Is there a point somewhere where it feels like your wakefulness is coming from? You might feel awake in your head. You might feel awake in your chest with your heart beating. You might feel awake at your ears as you hear what's around you. You might feel awake at the eyes as they dart back and forth beneath your eyelids. Where is it that you feel yourself being awake? What does it feel like to be awake? Just be curious. Does it feel like vibration? Does it feel like sadness? Does it feel like a jolt of electricity? In an attempt to avoid any colorful judgments with language of good or bad, negative and positive, see if you can describe what it is that you feel. Is it a pressure? A tingling? A fullness? An emptiness? Is it soft or firm? Now take a moment and get curious about what it is like to be asleep. How do you know when you are asleep? Can you know when you are asleep? Can one ever know when she is unconscious? When you have been asleep with a lifetime of trials, where did you feel that you were asleep? Is it in the same spot you feel your wakefulness? Or is it even harder to pin down? What is the feeling of being asleep? Is it soft or firm, empty or full, tingling, pressure, or something else entirely? Do you ever remember the moment you fell asleep? What is that like? Do you remember moments of almost falling asleep? What is that feeling? And how is that different than the feelings of being awake or being fully asleep? Different location? Different character or quality of the sensation? If you lay still, just focusing on your back's contact with the bed, where do you feel your insomnia lives? Do you feel it in your gut? Right between the eyes? Or are you unable to pin it down to one spot? If you could grab your insomnia, what would it feel like? Rough? Crumbly? Globulous? Or sticky? Now, let's run a little experiment. Keeping with this theme of curiosity, let's see if you can find an answer here. In episode 27, I discussed how putting in a lot of mental effort trying to sleep can backfire. So I'm curious, what would happen if you did the opposite? If trying to sleep is keeping you awake, run this experiment. What happens if you try instead to stay awake? Now, a few guidelines here. The goal is not to literally poke, prod, pinch, or squeeze your way into staying awake. You don't have to assault yourself here. But under the same circumstances as before, lying down, still in calm body, eyes closed. If lying there like that, trying to sleep, led you to being awake, I am curious. What will happen if instead, under these same circumstances, you rather try to stay awake? Do you think that will be easy? I mean, after all, 
you've had some practice being awake like that, but with the opposite intentions. So will it be easier or harder to be awake laying down with your eyes closed when you are intending to stay awake? Can you lock onto that spot, that point, that location where you feel yourself awake and hold on for dear life? And what will happen if you do? Can you stay curious long enough to find out? So to summarize, getting to sleep and staying asleep doesn't always come easy enough to many people. And if that's you, don't feel bad. You're not alone. Otherwise, I and all my colleagues in sleep medicine around the world would be out of work. And there are ways to help bad nights from being that bad or that frequent. An inoculation, a vaccine, if you will, against insomnia. These basic sleep hygiene habits work wonders for maintaining good sleep health and reducing the threat of insomnia. From regular exercise to avoiding alcohol and caffeine too late in the day, many of these have been heard before, especially throughout the episodes of this podcast. Two big antibodies against insomnia from that inoculation are timing and pressure. Specifically, regular, consistent timing of wake-up. That is your anchor. That is your body's clock's time zero, the reset button. When you wake up at the same time every day, no matter how difficult or easy the night before was, no matter how much or how little sleep you actually achieved, consistent wake-up timing cannot be overemphasized. A healthy dose of bright light at that time does wonders for your sleep as well, as elaborated in episode 5. The second major antibody is sleep pressure. This relates to the duration you have been consecutively awake for. Your brain does work, but it also needs rest and recharge, and the longer it consecutively works at wakefulness, the stronger the need for rest and recharge. It's like the tension of a rubber band. The longer you stretch it, the stronger it wants to snap back in place. But despite the vaccine, even if you do find yourself experiencing a rough night of not sleeping like you want, do not fret. In fact, fretting may actually make the problem worse. You wouldn't fret against your best friend if they were having the same kind of night. Instead, an attitude of friendly curiosity may serve you much better. Get curious. What's this insomnia thing all about? Where is it felt in the body? And what does that feel like? How is that different than what being intentionally awake feels like? Or what being asleep feels like? Or take the Viktor Frankl method. Before this man searched for meaning, he found one method particularly helpful for insomnia, despite how paradoxical it seems. Since trying to sleep is getting you nowhere, get curious and run a little experiment. What would happen if, rather than trying to sleep, you tried to stay awake? No cheating, of course, but when lying down in bed, eyes closed, not pinching yourself to do so, But what would happen if you set your mind instead on trying to stay awake? I'm curious to hear from you what happens. I've got a little freebie for you, so if you head over to wellrestedmd.com slash day, you can get a free cheat sheet to a day in the life of the well-rested, including some specific best practices to get that good snooze. That's wellrestedmd.com slash day. Be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Leave us a review and head over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.